Thank you for standing by. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Amazon.com Q2 2021 Financial Results Teleconference. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Today's call is being recorded. For opening remarks, I will be turning the call over to Director of Investor Relations, Mr. Dave Files. Please go ahead. Hello, and welcome to our Q2 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. Joining us today to answer your questions is Brian Olsofsky, our CFO. As you listen to today's conference call, we encourage you to have our press release in front of you, which includes our financial results as well as metrics and commentary on the quarter. Please note, unless otherwise stated, all comparisons in this call will be against our results for the comparable period of 2020. Our comments and responses to your questions reflect management's views as of today, July 29, 2021 only, and will include forward-looking statements. Actual results may differ materially. Additional information about factors that could potentially impact our financial results is included in today's press release and our filings with the SEC, including our most recent annual report on Form 10-K and subsequent filings. During this call, we may discuss certain non-GAAP financial measures. In our press release, slides accompanying this webcast and our filings with the SEC, each of which is posted on our IR website, you will find additional disclosures regarding these non-GAAP measures, including reconciliations of these measures with comparable GAAP measures. Our guidance incorporates the order trends that we've seen to date and what we believe today to be appropriate assumptions. Our results are inherently unpredictable and may be materially affected by many factors, including fluctuations in foreign exchange rates, changes in global economic conditions and customer spending, world events, the rate of growth of the Internet, online commerce and cloud services, and the various factors detailed in our filings with the SEC. This guidance also reflects our estimates to date regarding the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on our operations, including those discussed in our filings with the SEC and is highly dependent on numerous factors that we may not be able to predict or control, including the duration and scope of the pandemic, including any recurrence, actions taken by governments, businesses, and individuals in response to the pandemic, the impact of the pandemic on global and regional economies and economic activity, workforce staffing and productivity, and our significant and continuing spending on employee safety measures, our ability to continue operations in affected areas, and consumer demand and spending patterns, as well as the effects on suppliers, creditors, and third-party sellers, all of which are uncertain. Our guidance also assumes, among other things, that we don't conclude any additional business acquisitions, investments, restructurings, or legal settlements. It's not possible to accurately predict demand for our goods and services, and therefore our actual results could differ materially from our guidance. And now I'll turn the call over to Brian. Thank you for joining us today. Before we get to Q&A, I'd like to first thank all of our Prime members, our vendors, our three-piece sellers, and my Amazon colleagues, especially the Worldwide Ops team, for a record-breaking Prime Day in June. Third-party sellers, who are mostly comprised of small and medium-sized businesses, were a big contributor to Prime Day's success. The Prime Day event was the biggest two-day period ever for these SMBs in our stores and our 3P revenue continues to grow significantly faster than our online stores revenue. Third-party units represented 56% of our total paid units in Q2, up from a 53% mix one year ago. Our second quarter net sales were $113 billion, or at about the midpoint of our guidance range. That's a year-over-year increase of 27%, or 24%, excluding the impact of foreign exchange. 
and included the shift of Prime Day into Q2 this year, which added about 400 basis points to the year-over-year growth rate. Q2 of this year was a transition period for many of our customers. As the quarter progressed, people were at home less as restrictions and lockdowns eased in some of our largest geographies, including the U.S. and much of Europe. As a result, while Prime members continue to spend more with us, growth in Prime member spend moderated compared to spending seen during the peak of the pandemic. As you look at our recent revenue growth rates, I want to give you some insight into what we are seeing, as there have been some noticeable intra-quarter changes in our revenue run rate. Prime Day has also been in three different quarters the past three years, so I will normalize for this impact in my growth rate comments. Also, since FX rates have bounced around, all of my comments exclude foreign exchange. Here's a quick recap of our growth rates in 2020 and 2021. First, before COVID-19, we've been growing at a revenue growth rate close to 20%. 2019 full-year growth was 22%, and revenue growth for the first two months of 2020 was 21%. Once the pandemic hit and lockdowns began in March 2020, the initial growth rate jumped into the mid-30% range. Q1 of last year ended with a revenue growth rate of 27%. However, our operations network took time to step up to serve this growth in demand due to space constraints and our need to ramp up hiring quickly while prioritizing employee health and safety. By mid-May of last year, we had made good progress to open up more capacity by adding hundreds of thousands of employees. This allowed our revenue growth rate to jump to the 35 to 45% range, and it remained at that level through Q1 of this year when we had 41% growth. In Q2 of this year, we began to comp this high sales period from last year, and the year-over-year revenue growth rate has narrowed. It has also narrowed as vaccines have become more readily available in many countries and people are getting out of their homes. Since May 15th, again excluding Prime Day, our year-over-year growth rate has dropped into the mid-teens. Our Q3 revenue guidance range of 10 to 16% growth reflects an expected continuation of this trend. Given all this volatility, it is useful to consider the two-year compounded annual growth rate which remains strong in the 25 to 30% range. Recall this compares to our pre-pandemic growth rate of 21%. This reflects the acceleration of prime membership and prime member purchase levels over the past 18 months. While I'm not giving forward guidance beyond Q3 of this year, we do expect this pattern of difficult year-over-year revenue comps to continue for the next few quarters. As we move forward and start to comp COVID's impact on our revenue growth, we encourage you to also look at the multi-year compounded annual growth rate since the onset of the pandemic to better put this growth in perspective. Now back to the Q2 highlights. We continue to be very pleased with the prime member growth and engagement we're seeing. We've been fortunate to welcome more than 50 million new members in the past 18 months, and prime member benefits usage remains high. That includes continued strong engagement in Prime's family of digital offerings, like Prime Video's original movies. For example, Prime members helped make The Tomorrow War and Tom Clancy's Without Remorse the number one streaming movies on the respective opening weekends. Amazon Advertising is innovating at a fast clip, launching over 40 new features and self-service capabilities in the quarter, making it easier for sellers, companies, and authors to grow their businesses by helping customers discover their brands and products. Other revenue increased 83% year-over-year in Q2 excluding the impact of foreign exchange.
driven largely by continued acceleration in our ads business. Moving on to AWS, revenue growth accelerated across a broad range of customers. We see strong growth in enterprises, governments, educational and research institutions, and our startup and digital native customers. We recently announced new commitments and migrations from customers across a diverse set of major industries, including Swisscom and Bell Canada and Telecom, BMO Financial Group and Bank Columbia in financial services, and Ferrari in automotive. AWS customers recognize that the move to the cloud is very positive for their businesses in the medium and long term. Disruptive economic events like COVID have caused many people to step back and think about how they want to change strategically. And many have come to the conclusion that they do not want to own and run their own data centers. They see that they can save money and gain agility and innovation by moving to AWS. I'll finish up with some comments on our ongoing investments in operations. As we think about the pull forward in demand we've seen these past 18 months, it has required and will continue to require a significant amount of investment in our fulfillment network. Our teams have done a remarkable job stepping up to serve customers and support our vendors and sellers, and we have worked hard to increase capacity at a rapid rate. For the trailing 12 months and at Q2, CapEx and equipment finance leases increased 74% versus the prior trailing 12-month period. And as usual, most of our 2021 spend and building openings are planned in the second half of this year. This is all part of a multi-year investment cycle for us. Unit volumes, while obviously growing at lower rates off last year's large comp, continue to remain high, and we see strong demand for FBA and third-party sellers. So there's more work to do, including additional build-outs of our FCs, as well as our middle-mile and last-mile capabilities to support our fast, improving delivery offers for customers. I encourage you to read the business highlights in our press release. It's a diverse collection of efforts supported by many thousands of customer-focused Amazon employees, from Amazon Pharmacy to Business Prime to AWS's plans to add seven new regions, to NFL Thursday Night Football starting next year, to the Black Business Accelerator Program, to Alexa's collaboration with Ford Motor Company. We remain heads down focused on driving a better customer experience We believe putting customers first is the only reliable way to create lasting value for our shareholders. With that, let's move on to Q&A. Thank you. At this time, we will now open the call up for questions. We ask each caller to please limit yourself to one question. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your keypad. We ask that when you pose your question, you pick up your handsets to provide optimum sound quality. Once again, to initiate a question, please press star then one on your touchtone telephone at this time. Please hold while we poll for questions. Your first question comes from line of Doug and Musk with JP Morgan. Please proceed with your question. Thanks for taking the questions. Um, Brian, I just want to ask two, just going back to the 2Q revenue, um, beyond prime spend moderating and the reopening, is, is there anything else you'd point to in particular um, that may have kept you in the middle of the range you know, versus um, obviously where you've been uh, over the last year versus expectations? Um, and I guess in particular, can you talk about prime day relative uh, to your expectations? And then um, secondly, the, the big commerce partnership a couple weeks ago, um, you seem to open up more to working with merchants away from Amazon. 
Uh, just hoping you could talk more about the multi-channel fulfillment opportunity, and, and do you think you now have the logistics capabilities, and has everything recovered to the point where you can offer these services more to third parties? Thanks. Uh, sure. Thanks, Doug. Uh, now, I, uh, for, as far as Q2 run rate is concerned, um, if you look back the last few quarters, we've not done a great job of, of nailing the uh, impact of COVID. Um, it has. Uh, we've generally overperformed our guidance range. Um, I think last quarter, uh, you know, we had kept the same process, uh, coming off some very uh, high volumes for the last prior four quarters. And uh, really the only difference I see in uh, Q2 versus Q1 and before is, is the year of your comp, which we had factored in, but also um, the increase in mobility. I think the impact of people getting vaccine, vaccinated and uh, getting out in the world, not, not only shopping, uh, out, you know, uh, Offline, but also uh, living life and you know getting out. Uh, it, it takes away from shopping time. It's good. It's a good phenomenon, and it's great. And um, we just have to uh, appropriately uh, gauge our run rate going forward. Um, so Prime Day uh, was very successful. We uh, it you know passed the record set in last fall's Prime Day, which was a very different time of year to have Prime Day and started to bump up against early holiday shopping. So. We're really pleased, uh, and again, I think it was a great uh, day for or uh, event for third-party sellers, as I pointed out. Doug, on your second question, it's Dave here. Um, I just say our focus is really squarely on adding capacity to meet the current high customer demand that, that Brian talk, talked about in his, his opening remarks. Now, we're we're always working to develop new and innovative ways to support uh, you know, partners, SMBs in particular, who sell on Amazon, and that includes testing shipping programs and, and newer initiatives that can help those businesses get packages to customers quickly and reliably. Um, so continue to you know, see us look for ways to, to be able to innovate uh, where it's appropriate relative to the uh, customer demand we're already seeing in our network. Your next question comes from the line of Colin Sebastian with Baird. Please proceed with your question. Uh, thanks very much, uh, guys. Um, I guess Sort of masked in the headline results is actually pretty solid performance in higher margin segments of the business, um, including third-party services, subscriptions, AWS, and advertising. And, and I think that was evident in gross margin as well. So I, I guess my question is whether there's any deliberate shift towards these services, or is that just more of an output of, of the somewhat weaker trends you saw you know, after mid-May? And then secondly, is, is Prime Day still a once-per-year phenomenon, or would you consider separate events, you know, spread out during the same year, uh, you know, to capitalize on, on different seasonal trends? Thanks. Uh, sure. On the second question, I, I don't have anything to announce today. Um, our trend has been one, once a year. Uh, and of course, it's, it's moved between quarters the last three years. So um, uh, that's all I have on that one. As far as uh, the higher margin areas and whether that's a purposeful strategy, um, I'd like to say it is, but, you know, if you look at what they are, third party is kind of a uh, continuation of you know, strength in our FBA program in particular. Um, I think the uh, sellers are doing a great job of adding additional selection uh, that's very valuable and reinforces our, our flywheel. And uh, we like to see that, and you see that uh, third party uh, percent of units went up from 53% last year to 56%. And that's a steady march. We've seen that. Um, as we said, the third-party you know, sellers are, are doing a great job, and uh, we like to see that. On advertising, 
advertising is again another um, uh, part of our flywheel. Uh, we have uh, traffic coming in for the consumer business, and if we do a good job with advertising, uh, we'll make it an additive uh, experience for our customers and our sellers and vendors. So that's what we work on is to make sure that it's a relevant um, experience and uh, adds to your shopping shopping experience and helps you find selection that, that perhaps you wouldn't have found otherwise or uh, it would have been harder to. And then on AWS, AWS is, um, you know, again, its own separate uh, part of the business. Um, it has been uh, 15 years in the development and, uh, you know, we think our scale and experience uh, really pays dividends. Um, if you look at the last quarter, AWS had more revenue quarter over quarter and year over year than any quarter in our history. We're now a $59 billion annualized run rate business, and that's up from $43 billion at this time last year. So um, those are output measures, as we like to say. The input measures are doing a good job on products, uh, adding new capabilities, um, and being able to work with our customers to solve their problems. And I think that's what you're seeing, and it's matching up well with uh, a renewed emphasis on getting to the cloud by a lot of companies out there. Um, and when they're looking to make that transition, it's a, um, a giving up control and putting yourself in uh, and choosing a partner for the long haul. And we're proud that, that uh, companies choose us for that journey. Your next question comes from the line of Brian Nowak with Morgan Stanley. Please proceed with your question. Thanks for taking my questions. I have, I have two, one a little nitpicky one, kind of big picture. The the nitpicky one, um, Brian, uh, fulfillment costs, I guess on a per unit basis, was uh, was pretty high in the second quarter give it relative to normal seasonality. Can you just talk to us about what's driving that? Is that a new build, new square feet, or there's sort of inefficiencies that went on in the in the quarter in fulfillment? And the second one, sort of a bigger picture, in the last quarter you talked a little bit about um, same day in Europe. There's been some headlines about same day. How, how do we think? How should we think about a larger same day offering being part of the investment process right now, just to sort of maintain and grow your share of grocery and consumables? Thanks. Uh, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, I would say on the fulfillment side, there are a number of things. First, we're adding a lot of capacity. Um, if you step back, the Amazon fulfilled unit volume. So that's the um, uh, units coming out of our, our fulfillment centers, both retail and FBA, have doubled in the past two years. Um, and the AMZL, the delivery uh, uh, arm of our business, has more than doubled in that time period. So you can see there's been very strong uh, multi-year demand here that we are still catching up with from last year. So. Uh, most of, I mentioned earlier our year-over-year -year growth in CapEx and equipment leases is 74% in the uh, second, uh, at the end of June compared to 38% the year before. Um, so we're continuing to add, and most of that development is, is really ahead of us in the second half of the year. So um, if, you've, if you've been uh, with us a long time, you know the, the cadence is that as we add demand, excuse me, as we add capacity, uh, there's a lot of additional costs from hiring to starting up to training to getting that uh, building or sort center or delivery station up and running. It usually takes a, a multi-year period to tame those assets. Um, and we've literally uh, nearly doubled our network here in the last uh, 18 months uh, from a size standpoint. So uh, there's a lot of that going on. 
a lot of strong effort by our fulfillment and ops teams um, to help mitigate the costs. The other thing is uh, wage pressure has, has uh, uh, become evident. Um, We've talked about this a bit. Uh, the wage increase for that we normally would do in October, we pulled forward into May. We're spending a lot of money on signing uh, and incentives. And while we have uh, very good staffing levels, it's not without a cost. Uh, it's a very competitive labor market out there, uh, and certainly the biggest contributor to inflation, uh, inflationary pressures that we're seeing in business. Brian, on the second point, just around uh, speed, you know. As, as we've talked about many times, customers respond well to the fast, high-quality delivery. And, of course, back in 2019, we were talking at that time about expanding the one-day delivery in the U.S. In, in the Europe, one-day delivery as part of Prime in, in most of those uh, sizable European countries where we operate has been standard for, for many years. We're, we're investing in the transportation network um, to support the demand, uh, a significant part of the capital investments we've been talking about for the past, you know, few years and certainly since the pandemic's start has been to support those efforts in middle and last mile capacity uh, to keep pace and support with that demand. So as we've been saying here, that work's not done yet. We're, we're continuing to expand. expand. You'll, you'll see that investment throughout 2021. Um, and, and that growing transportation network will support faster delivery times for customers. Uh, One-day delivery um, is, is you know, improving. And um, in the U.S., uh, as well as uh, same-day delivery, you know, where it makes sense and where the network is, is, is growing there. Um, so we'll have to you know, continue to see how we go. But, you know, we're, we're focused on those, uh, those data points, and we're also focused on improving delivery precision as a way of improving the quality of, of the overall offering. Your next question comes from the line of Youssef Squally with Truist Securities. Please proceed with your question. Thank you very much. I have two questions. One, um, within online stores, was there any particular area of softness during the quarter? I'm just thinking about maybe some product categories that may have um, uh, uh, come back or actually the opposite, may have uh, gone down the demand for um, with, the, with the reopening uh, that you can maybe highlight. And then um, as you look beyond Q3 and Q, Q4, kind of what kind of growth assumptions for e-commerce just in general for the next couple of years are you guys working with to build your budget and invest against, and invest against the opportunity? I'm just thinking, are you guys uh, assuming that e-commerce growth remains uh, or goes back to pre-COVID levels or stays kind of uh, at, a, at an elevated level versus that? Thank you. Sure. Uh, let me start with the online stores um, revenue. Uh, you're probably looking at the growth rate uh, of 13% in Q2 uh, versus the revenue growth, FX neutral go, uh, revenue growth rate of 24%. Um, I would point you back to last year in Q2. Um, that uh, online stores grew 49%. There were restrictions on um, our, what we stocked in our warehouses, and you remember. Uh, we had to constrain uh, space for a lot of third-party sellers as well as uh, a retail offering. But the mix shifted for the early part of Q2 last year to be more of a retail mix and an MFN mix, and then it um, flipped back uh, to be more of a balanced mix that you'd seen in the past. Um, on forward investment, um, here's how I'd explain it. We Again, we are sitting here with demand volumes that have gone up um, on an uh, Amazon fulfilled network basis, they've doubled in two-year period. So um, 
we are not back to where we want to be on a number of dimensions. We handled Q4 last year. We ha- we've been playing catch-up uh, pretty much since the pandemic started. But what's suffered is uh, space and space constraints, and that's um, uh, it's gotten better, but it it, uh, uh, it was a factor last year. And also our one-day uh, delivery percentage has um, dropped and has not returned to levels seen pre-pandemic in the United States. It's on uh, par and getting better than uh, pre-pandemic in Europe. Um, but in the United States, um, while it's improving, it, it still hasn't uh, reached the pre-pandemic level. So we have a lot of growth to do there. Um, as far as uh, the, the stickiness of purchases, um, I think there's certainly a number of things that were purchased last year that didn't repeat for uh, a lot of retailers, things like consumables early on, gloves, cleaning supplies, um, computer monitors, uh, things you use to outfit your house. You probably go through your own checklist of purchases and say, okay, I probably will not do this every year. Um, but there has been a healthy movement uh, to online commerce. Uh, we have in, we've added prime members, and the prime members that we have uh, have have ratcheted up their purchases with us, which was is always a part of the plan and a good sign. It means we're uh, offering them more things that they can buy and satisfying more of their demand needs. So even in Q2, when, as I said, rates are starting to moderate in the quarter, uh, those prime member purchases still grew year over year on the um, per prime member basis. They just didn't grow at the same clip that they had in the prior three or four quarters. So that's a good sign. Um, and we uh, like the engagement levels and the retention levels that we see with prime members. So uh, all in all, a very positive uh, uh, story on that front uh, has accelerated the model uh, quite a bit. Um, there's just, again, some comp- uh, comparison issues that we'll just have to uh, realize and perhaps look at a two-year compounded annual growth rate for a period of time to, to judge where we are on that uh, progress because there's been a lot of in and in and out, especially with Prime Day moving around. So hopefully that answers your question. Your next question comes from the line of Stephen Jew with Credit Suisse. Please proceed with your question. Uh, thank you so much. So, Brian, um, it seems like the pandemic has touched off what looks like a greater urgency among SMBs to accelerate their presence online. So, I was wondering if your third-party marketplaces platform is seeing perhaps a faster influx of more sellers or emerging brands. And, you know, following up on the labor market uh, commentary there, um, do you think you will see any incremental headwinds, uh, you know, hiring the necessary people for fulfillment centers this year? Thanks. Stephen, it's Dave. I'll, I'll take that first question just around um, SMBs and behavior. I think, you know, look, it's it's uh, we've seen a, a, a 20-year uh, progression in terms of building out the services that we thought were um, resonated with us uh, in our business, but also sought very early on to externalize those services and offerings to, to sellers and particularly small and medium-sized businesses over time, obviously noteworthy with FBA and many other features. And so I think this um, what you see is, is really just a continuation of um, that effort put out for, you know, by the teams um, around whether it's logistics, brand representation, um, you know, more recently in recent years with some of the advertising features we've been able to uh, develop and surface for, for all our selling partners. And so um, I think that's, that's a big area and a big part of commitment. So I don't know that I'd call it anything 
specifically in the near term, uh, other than to say that um, you know we continue to see great momentum on a units basis um, as we give that metric every quarter. About 56% of our overall uh, total paid units are third party. That's up about 300 basis points year over year. Um, so you know, expect for us to continue to put forth that effort in FBA around the world um, uh, uh, for sellers and, and some of these other SMB uh, features uh, continue to gain momentum there. And on the labor comment, uh, you know, we can't predict too far in the future. We've got, uh, you know, labor estimate in our Q3 guidance. I would say uh, it's a bit of a complicated uh, mix of economic growth and uh, industries opening up, um, government payments in some areas that um, – may impact people's working and then whether or not children are back at school fully in the fall. So there's a lot of dynamics. We do uh, count on having more employees in uh, Q3 and Q4, as you know, from our uh, ramp up to the holidays. So uh, I would I would probably count on uh, wage pressure remaining for the uh, immediate future. Our next question comes from the line of Ron Josie with JMP. Please proceed with your question. Great. Thanks for taking the question. I wanted to ask on just international operating income. It's, you know, if you look at the results, it's now producing consistently positive results here. And so can you talk to us a little bit more, just talk to us a little bit more about what's driving that? Is this the result that most major builds are, are now complete and you're seeing the efficiencies in fulfillment centers and so we should see this trend continue, or, or is there something else that's driving uh, international operating income just remaining positive here? Thank you. Uh, sure, uh, Ron. Thanks for your question. Uh, yes, we have had um, strong international results in the last um, five quarters or so. I, uh, uh, noticeably, they've been positive uh, operating income, which had not been the trend prior to um, Q2 of last year. Uh, I would say the major factors here are the acceleration of growth. So we've, in some ways, put um, you know the set two years out growth on top of today's assets. Um, that's a lot of stress, but it's a lot of leverage of the assets that we have. And as we've talked about before, our fulfillment centers and operations have been running pretty much at peak since May of last year. It's starting to mitigate a bit, but it's uh, you know it's, it's a, a strong undercurrent. Um, but having said that, we continue to invest uh, in international expansion. Um, you may have noticed that we added Portugal as a prime country last uh, quarter, um, have investments in Brazil and India and uh, the Middle East and uh, a number of countries. So we continue to add new countries. Um, we're having strong performance in our uh, more established countries like Europe and Japan. And um, uh, so it's, it's a bit of a... a a mixed bag, but right now, again, the uh, performance is very strong. The foreign exchange rate has been favorable uh, as well the last few quarters, so that has helped. But uh, really, really pleased with the uh, performance of our international teams, and we'll see. Uh, again, it, uh, uh, our investment plans, uh, our plans are to uh, make money, obviously, in the long run, uh, but we have forward advanced prime benefits in a lot of these countries. Uh, before they would have uh, been able to uh, see them in, if they had run the same trajectory as we did in the U.S. So uh, there's a bit of forward investment on prime benefits, uh, especially things like video that um, uh, we know resonate with customers and uh, are good for the prime program and turn into uh, eventually uh, really strong businesses. 
Our next question comes from Jason Helstein with Oppenheimer. Please proceed with your question. Um, thanks. So uh, maybe one on Amazon, then a follow-up. So um, Amazon, uh, uh, sorry, AWS. Um, so you saw 10% sequential growth in the quarter. Um, you saw that also in the fourth quarter. It, was there anything around reopening that made second quarter AWS exceptionally strong and that we should kind of keep in mind going forward, or do we feel like this was kind of a, a normal quarter for kind of AWS and this is a kind of a good cadence for the business? And then just a follow-up, um, just your, your maybe your, your point about um, the ability to kind of keep up. Um, is there any kind of throttling of FBA that, that's going on just because, um, you know, you don't have the capacity or to, to, or you, you're trying to say that you might be losing share to other sellers who can kind of promise to get an item to customers faster given still some of the, the challenges um, with logistics and, and uh, last mile and everything? Thanks. Yeah, hi, Jason. Thank you. Uh, let me start with that second question. No, my comments were really about um, throttling of space last year, which did impact uh, impacted our vendors and our retail business as well as our third-party business. It was probably more pronounced in uh, Q2 of last year, especially April and into early May, uh, as we were working to get fully staffed uh, in a health, uh, helpful and safe way and also build out more capacity. Um, in Q4, again, we were handling volumes that were uh, somewhat unheard of, you know, uh, year over year. Our, our Q4 growth rate was 42%. Um, that's usually not the case, and it's, um, uh, you know, it's magnified at peak uh, when we're already handling the highest volumes of the year. So um, all I was trying to say was that our uh, space planning and, if you will, throttling of space for a third-party sellers is not something we like to do. Uh, we don't think we're the only ones who had that issue, um, and that's why we're building um, uh, building out our network so uh, uh, quickly in, in our minds. It's hard to do quickly, but we're moving as quickly as possible, and again, we have a lot of new capacity being added in the second half of the year. Um, on AWS growth, uh, if you look at the run rate, you know, last year we had 33% uh, a growth rate in Q1, and it dropped to 29, 29, and 28 the last three quarters. There's always a lot of year-over-year -year things but going on, but we do uh, note that last year there was um, a lot of effort by companies to limit their spend and, and operate more efficiently uh, as we were all plunged into a kind of an unknown demand curve, and some industries were hurt uh, worse than others. Uh, if you'll remember, we worked uh, – we, we actually worked very hard with our customers to help them lower their demand for AWS services as best we could uh, to match any new demand patterns. We also uh, help people scale very quickly. Companies like Disney Plus, uh, Netflix, and others um, were uh, very help, or glad that AWS was there to help uh, them scale uh, to meet volumes very quickly. So there's a lot of uh, mixed bag there. We think that um, uh, it was a uh, strong performance this quarter. We do see good trends with new contracts and new uh, clients that are either signing up with AWS and making the journey to the cloud or accelerating their journey to the cloud um, or setting up uh, new longer-term contracts with us.
Our final question will come from Justin Post with Bank of America. Please proceed with your question. Great. A couple. Uh, no one's really mentioned the CEO change, so I was wondering if um, he's not on the call, but um, any change in direction, investment philosophies, or uh, any in, more integration of, of AWS or, or anything that we should be aware of at, related to that change? And then second, um, AWS margins, really strong revenues. The, the margins came down quarter over quarter. Can you just remind us of what drives some of that margin fluctuation? Thank you. Sure. Let me start with the second one. So, um, again, at any point in time, there's a lot of uh, uh, cross pressures in the operating margins of, of AWS. There's growth, which helps us leverage our assets. Um, there's uh, increasing the efficiency of our uh, servers and the efficiency of our sales force. Those are all positives. On the flip side, there's uh, price decreases. There's um, uh, new contracts signed uh, uh, with large players for multiple years, so there's pricing pressure. There's also um, uh, the, the expansion of the sales force and building infrastructure to add new regions globally. So, uh, as we said, these are, these margins are going to bounce around. We're happy with the Q2 uh, margins. Uh, I would note that uh, there was a, a negative impact from foreign exchange that was about 150 basis points, um, but uh, even at 28.3, it's a it's a strong margin for this business. Uh, we know it's going to bounce around uh, as we invest, um, uh, but also work very hard to scale our businesses and, and uh, uh, efficiently run our assets. On the um, uh, leadership change, um, uh, as you uh, expect, Andy has hit the ground running. Um, he is continuing to have a very uh, high bar for customer experience, uh, high standards, operational excellence, uh, inventiveness, willingness to fail, and everything else that Amazon is known for internally and externally. Um, I think we've had a, a good handoff. Uh, Jeff, of course, is moving into executive chairman role, and he will not be leaving. He's obviously uh, continuing to be very involved in, uh, as we say, the one-way one door decisions. Uh, we've also had a, a uh, good leadership change at AWS with Adam Slipsky coming in Adam himself comes with a lot of uh, Amazon history and knowledge and external CEO experience uh, that has uh, made him even stronger as he comes back. So we feel really good about the transition um, and, of course, uh, don't expect uh, any any uh, uh, drop and expect Andy to uh, add his, you know, unique brand of uh, positive attitude and, and uh, uh, optimism and forward-looking uh, focus to help Amazon keep going and delighting customers. Thanks for joining us today on the call and for your questions. A replay will be available on our IR website for at least three months. We appreciate your interest in Amazon, and we look forward to talking with you again next quarter.